Welcome back for another episode of the AWG Podcast, where we discuss the biggest topics and trends in the water sport and boat tour industry. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and join our mailing list by visiting watersportpodcast.com. After you finish listening, continue the conversation in our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Awkward Water Sport Guys Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be talking about quiet quitting. I'm sorry, I quietly quit the show. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Oh, yeah, see what I did there? Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about quiet quitting. Um, I guess it's this new phenomenon with – is it is it millennials or Gen Z? Like who is this directed towards or is this just a whole thing in general, like all generations? I, I think that – I think they just put a name on people that do – are already have quietly quit or whatever, like people that do just enough so they won't get fired. But now that there's like a, there's a forum and in groups, like, and, and you have all these content creations, you get people's wild ass. Like they did the, I don't know if you've ever seen the video where the guy, he goes out and he just starts raising the minimum wage. When he asks people, he's like, Hey, do you think, you know, $15 an hour would be a good minimum wage? And people are like, yeah, that's good. And then he goes to the next person. And he's like, yeah, do you think like $20 an hour? And he gets the way to $75. Hey, do you think $75 an hour would be a fair minimum wage? And people are like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. It's just like to highlight like the absurdity, like you can just create any number that you want and people will just, so yeah, I mean, I think it's been a thing for a very long time. I think there's always been employees who've had strong feelings on, I don't get paid enough to do, or this isn't my job or, you know, I think quiet quitting has been a phenomenon since jobs have started. Yeah, it's just now talking about it. Actually, I, I, we had an employee that we let go that was quietly quitting and i uh, got a few things to add to that. Uh, before we get going, a uh, couple of just updates and news. So I uh, just want to give a shout out to everybody. Uh, a lot of our listeners uh, donated to the Hurricane Ian uh, relief that we had going on to support tour operators and their families. We we raised $10,479. Uh, wasn't quite our goal of 20000 but hell, that's that's still a lot of money. Um, so it went to a lot of, uh, operators in the South Florida area, just a lot of those that actually listen to the show and, and, you know, friends of ours. Uh, so it definitely, um, I know if some of you are wondering, you know, what that, what happened to that? Well, it went to a lot of, uh, tour operators and their families and their employees. And I'll tell you, like the responses were pretty amazing when they found out, like to the extent of people saying like, no one's ever done something like that for them ever in their life, you know? So, uh, kudos to everybody that participated in that and donated. I mean, uh, eventually it's going to come your way, <laughs> the storms, and, uh, we're going to be there for you. So, uh, just want to thank, thank again, everybody uh, that participated. And thank you, man. Um, thank, thank you. And thank Rachel for setting that up, man. Like that was such a great idea. And you guys 100% spearheaded that. And I mean, I, I just, I thought that was such a great and noble thing. And, and, uh, I know I've been wanting to do like a hurricane episode to sort of talk about that. I like had a lot of thoughts and opinions on that. And I was pretty, I don't know. It was hard for me. I wanted to talk a lot more about it, but the the guys that I knew personally, I just kind of like reached out and we had, you know, like kind of personal conversations about that. And I was just you know, I'll just leave it at that. But thank you guys for, for, for doing that. You really put 
you know, you just you put your money where your mouth is, and you know that was like a really great thing that you guys did. So beyond thanking everybody that contributed, you know, thanks to you and Rachel for putting it together. It's like good shit, man. Good positive yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's what that's what it's all about. And and yeah. updates like, hey, um, you know, Kevin Nobis got rocked pretty hard. You know, I haven't talked to Stefan. I've just seen his uh, his up his updates on his Facebook page and stuff like that, but. Like, they're getting back to it, man. Like, Kevin has just, you know, like, really been putting one foot in front of the other and and um, and um making sure that they're ready to rock for Thanksgiving, man. So, yeah, it, so, it just uh, shows Kevin the resilience. At Bonita Springs yep. uh, Jet Ski and Parasail. So, he's out in, in South Florida there. Uh, yeah, Kevin's a great supporter, listener of the show. And uh, Stavan uh, Kunzel, he has excursions marine in Fort Myers, and he's um, – I think he's not quite there yet. They're still working on their water. I think they have some issues with the, I don't know, the water quality or maybe just shit in the water that's causing yeah. issues. Um, but he, he's, he, yeah, he's going to get back and see that. That's what we do. We, we rebuild. Like we just, it's our livelihoods. Like we're not just going to, and it's going to come your way. Just keep in mind, it's going to come and, and we're going to help you all, each other out. So, oh, so it's um, a really doomsday ish type of prediction. Thanks, Greg. Just keep in mind your <laughs> yeah. world's going to end at one day. It's going to happen. AWG will be there with about five grand. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're you know, like five, ten k. Is it going to cost you about you know like a million bucks? But so it's good to start this episode with a very foretelling, scary prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Greg. Oh, uh, jeez. Um, <laughs> I take so, everything I said back. <laughs> next thing is, uh, so Kevin and I wanted to highlight some of the conversation that goes on in our Facebook group. Uh, and you know what I did, Kevin? I wrote down our Facebook group's name because we mess it up every single time. It's Water Sport Tours to and Activity it. Entrepreneurs. We need to change yeah. it. Yeah. But that's it. Water Sport Tours and Activity. Look it up. Join it. But there was We're two, the worst uh, marketers on the fucking planet, dude. Oh, that's also the name of our website. Just put a dot .com onto that whole fucking string of words that Greg just wove together like a tapestry of confusion. Well, our website's watersportpodcast.com. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> Still so <Right>? bad. <laughs> Um, anyways, um, there was two conversations and I, I just want to give some quick commentary on it. Cause I think it's like, there's so much good content in there. Uh, definitely want to join it, but two, two conversations, one of them was about combo tours and another one was about raising prices in 2023. And what about, uh, let's, what about the best parasail rides in South Florida or interest in captain pontoon trips in North Carolina? Let's talk about those two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of dogging on the fact that people come in there and don't know what the fuck our group is, and then they like pitch their services to us. Like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm coming to Raleigh, oh, and, right and now. they and they keep doing it too. It's it's like they're spending all this time trying to sell parasailing rides to a bunch of operators, and it's like, all right, like have you have you read the room? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, no, have, have you read our book? Like that's we need to put a book out. Like clearly, like yeah, you don't even know what the fuck. Like like this is this, this room. This group was created for you, you fucking knucklehead. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like this is exactly why you need to be paying attention in here if you're trying to pitch us on your goddamn sunset cruise on a fucking pontoon boat. You fucking maroon. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, combo tours. Mm. 
Kevin, do you offer any combo tours? I don't think you do. I mean, fuck combo tours. Stupid. Stupid. I've got like a All personal. Right. Day of Play was a combo tour. It was the combo tour. The greatest combo tour. I didn't even come up with the idea. but um, So in the beginning, we did combo tours. Um, I got away from them, man. Um, we just, the demand for our products, like people were packaging boats and jet skis together. We did it. And I was like, oh, every single accident we ever have is on a boat rental and a jet ski tour. We discounted it. And I was just like, well, this is great. This is costing me a ton of money. Now, that being said, when you look at the data, if you talk to like Expedia is big on it, combo tours convert better. Um, if you can do, so I think it's interesting to do with low cost, I think to do with low cost upsells, but when you start to look at the success of the big combo tours on the catamarans, the, you know, the all day excursions, you know, sometimes I wonder if the utilization of the resources that you are putting to those at the very, um, the very low cost to entry, if that you couldn't like figure something out with that, like if you took all of the resources you put to all of that, like I, I again, this is just me feeling like that the South Florida style of doing that trip is a little bit underpriced, you know, for what they charge. And it's very, a very old school way of thinking about that. But you know, I've never gotten the ins and outs of that entire trip and looked at it and like, looked at every last bit and cost like clearly it's making money and it's not a it's not a bad idea i just wonder if like you put that parasail boat you put those jet skis you put that catamaran and then just charge for each one would you end up making more money Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor, PPC Pros. PPC Pros is an agency focused on leveraging paid traffic, automation, and conversion optimization to get you more bookings. Man, I've had a, a relationship with, with Dawson and PPC Pros from the earliest days of uh, Destiny Water Adventures. We continue to work We continue to work with PPC Pros. Dustin is one of those guys that provides so much value. The moment you call him and talk to him, you get off the phone and you're like head swirling with ideas and he gives you a really good understanding of what they're actually doing for you. They're not just giving you some ROI breakdown of what you're going to get after working with them through using ad spend and everything like that. PPC is 100% a one-stop shop for all of your marketing needs. And if even if you call him up and you don't end up working with Dustin, you walk away with a ton of value and ideas that you can apply to your business that day. PPC Pros offers SMS and automation systems for water sport and venture companies designed to improve the customer experience, increase efficiency, and recover lost bookings. Their goal is to deploy simple and profitable marketing systems for operators so they can easily see the ROI from their marketing dollars and spend time on other areas of their business. So how do you get a hold of PPC Pros? You can go to their website, ppcpros.co, that's not .com, that's .co, ppcpros.co, and go to their contact us to start a conversation with Dustin and his team. Dustin, their CEO and founder, is not just a marketer. He is an operator as well. You know that you're talking with one of us. All right, let's get back to the show. 
Yeah, like if you broke, if you took all the equipment and then just rented it out as like you know tours or rentals individually. Yeah. Now there's two different types of combo tours. You know, we can be talking about. So the one that you just described, which like the all day of play, where you bring all the equipment out there and and you get you know one price, you get to do all the different things. But the different other combo tour is like let's say you offer um, a boat tour and you offer a parasailing trip. Well, you know, you can book both of them together and you can pick the day that you want to do either or, and you get a deep discount by booking them together. So that, that combo tour, I, I might have been the topic of the conversation. I could be wrong, but, um, I personally, uh, at TripShock, we have tried this. And the reason why we have stopped doing it is because of logistics. So let's say that someone books a dolphin cruise. One day, a parasailing ride another day, and they're getting a deep discount for booking the two. Now, if let's say the Dolphin Cruise gets rained out and that customer can't rebook, now my team has to figure out what the refund is. And because of the technology, we don't got it done right. Uh, it just was, you know, difficult. Or if the person switched to a different tour that wasn't part of the combo package. Now, you know, you have to write all these notes and it, it just got to the point where it wasn't worth the the headache. And with rain constantly being an issue in Florida, we just didn't want to have the, the didn't want to go through all that. So, um, and most people book a la carte anyways. So like even on TripShock, the average um, customer that books more than one tour in one session is like 1.5%. Yeah. So it's so stinking small. So if we saw that more people were adding more to their cart and booking all at one in one session, then it would make a stronger argument for combo tours, but they're not. So we just don't see it, it, um, working for us, you know, just from, um, from an OTA standpoint. But I think from even from an individual tour operator, I don't think it works either. Uh, so I've, I've also done like paddleboard and jet ski, like low, low impact, uh, low cost add-ons. And then I just discounted the one side of it or however you want to see it. Like if you put it together, it'd be X and, you know, we made it Y by 15 bucks. Again, same thing. We did not see, uh, we didn't see a huge take on it. We didn't see a lot of conversions on that particular. Uh, but what's oddly, what's oddly funny is that like, so I know one person here in town, they like love to give away their, paddle boards that's a good idea like give them for free hey with every boat we're gonna add a free paddle board and i just always thought like the freebie side of things like it and again it's just how you market it right so it's like we do a lot of add-ons that are are technically like I have not freebies, but like I put a cooler on the boat, right? Like I'm like one of the only companies that put a cooler on the boat. But in my value proposition, it's just listed there with everything, right? The whole combo thing. So for example, I saw so like somebody in our area like added a free paddleboard on to the boat. You know, like I, I, I just think that like to me that just reeks of like – I, I, I can't like I can't put it into words, but it's like, well, why are you doing this? As a customer, I look at that. I say, like, why? Why are you the only one doing this? Like everybody else is just you get a boat, you pay the price. Like, wh- why do you need to? Th- it's like when I see a lunch, 
$6.99 a picture of a sandwich on a window, I immediately go like, mm, you know what I mean? Pass. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there's so many, there's so many great value. So I had put a cooler on the boat, right? So what I don't do is in giant, like free cooler with every rental, but it's a part of the due diligence on the customer that they're going to see all the things that we add. So when they're doing their due diligence, they're going to go, oh, uh, if they got a question about, do we get ice? It happens all the time. Oh, they call all the time. With the cooler, do we get ice? No, nope, not at all. Or But, but they, they haven't even booked yet. They get on the phone. We get on the, and I, I don't want to get turned into phone sales. <laughs> like I've been talking about so much recently. But again, it's just the rattle off of the things that we do. Hey, you, and then we also, you know, again, like you get a, you get a Bimini top. We, we don't put free next to it. So I know this is kind of like diverting from the, co- the combo thing, yeah, yeah. but I see this happening too. You know, with every jet ski, every jet ski rental or jet ski tour, you're going to get a kayak. And it's just sort of like, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that falls more in the category of like add-ons. When you add on a kayak, uh, uh, kayak or paddleboard, not necessarily combo tours. But I, I follow you, right? But you do a combo, you do a deep discount. Like the, it's like sort of like the same fucking thing. You know what I yeah. mean? And 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 it's like now Expedia's told us in the past that. <clears throat> combos convert better it's funny because like i'm just seeing all these questions coming into the group come like right now everybody's like in downtime and they're just like yeah what do we do to convert higher like make it warmer outside I- i'll tell you honestly combos i, I don't know if I-, I agree with expedient the combos because combo tours are typically a higher ticket and the higher their ticket is always the lower the conversion so um i don't know I I would preferably sell things a la carte at a cheaper price point because you're going to get a better conversion. Anyways, um, so I, I don't so know we that, both we're both kind of like thumbs down on combos. Don't, I think we are, are both thumbs down on combos. Just and also got to think about it. Most people are booking last minute. Do they really have you know people that book last minute are not looking to book you know seven eight hundred dollar tours last minute? Now Key West, they can probably prove us all wrong because that's a huge deal down there but most other markets that we sell for i I just don't see it um i also my take on that and again it's the same thing because i've tried to bring jet ski tours to north florida and it just doesn't happen yeah i mean not like the way it does down there but it's because that's what's available yeah you know key west too people go to key west you told me this kevin but people go to key west to do water sports right oh yeah like they don't go to the beach in key west in Destin, they come for the beach and the fishing and everything else, and then the water sports are, are there. So really, it's like you have to get on a boat to e- really enjoy the water in Key West. Does that make sense? I mean, I might have to disagree there a little bit because I think a ton of people come here for Crab Island specifically. There's a lot of search metrics that well, I'm, that. Well, I'm talking about like for Key, Key West specifically. Like people don't so, go to Key West to to like go to the beach. Yeah, bar- bargain shoppers drive from Miami when they go when they see parasail, jet skis, kayaks, yeah. lunch. When they see all that, and they're like, "Oh, we can get all that for 150 bucks." Yeah, you're damn straight, man. They they definitely go all the way down there for that because, uh, again, man, like I think it's just a, it's severely underpriced. Like I, I just you know, but. There's again, there's there's things that happen in these industries. Everybody gets chasing each other. I think the jet ski tour thing is phenomenal. I, I wish I could get everybody on board up here with that. I think we'd have a lot less accidents and a lot be a lot more. The rental market but, is too strong up here to 
convince people otherwise. If it was mean, just as strong in Key West, just as fucking strong. For yeah, dude, with all jet ski rentals, man. But they, I thought they all—I thought they're all doing tours now. Well, they are, but they yeah. didn't used to. They, every what happened was is everybody moved to tours because it was like the accidents. You know what I mean? Like right. people were just tired of of skis being completely destroyed, and it just became to be too fucking much, man. So they just you know they saw one company. It's like they all moved to tours all relatively at the same at the same time. And it. um it wor- it worked. So uh, regardless, yeah, combos poop. <laughs> um not a next, big fan. Uh raising prices twenty twenty three. What what are your what are your thoughts? Bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely we're definitely not moving our prices upward. You know, we're just we're just thinking of more add-ons, more upsells more products that our customers would really be interested in. I'm interested in retail side of things. Like as far as raising the prices on our core products and offerings. No, man, I, I think that just, I think that, that. I, I don't, I don't think the economy well, is strong enough to support higher prices right now. I, I think you'd be putting yourself in a difficult situation. Now it's going to be different in different businesses and different areas. Like the, 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 the gentleman that posted on, on a Facebook page, he said that he hasn't raised his prices in several years. My guess is that over those several years, his costs have gone up and he kept the prices. Now, that's that's a opportunity to probably raise because you have to to make sure you're making your margins. You know, So I understand that. But as far as if, if, you, if your costs have gone up in, uh, you know, over the years and your prices haven't, then yeah, I mean that, that's you got to raise your prices to maintain the margin so you're sustainable. Um, now I've spoken to a lot of operators, and you know, not not many of them are saying they're going to go up on prices. However, there's a lot of conversations about uh, looking more uh, deep into pricing overall and trying to find opportunities in the peak season to maybe get more rate. From customers, like if you know, just got to think of it. If you're selling out seven days in advance on a tour or a rental, even in a kind of a down year, you still have an opportunity to probably raise the price 20 percent, make up for maybe some of the slow periods you'll have in in the in the shoulder months. So, uh, just being more strategic overall on your pricing, not necessarily just just raising it, you know, Willy-nilly. across the board. Fair Harbor, by the way, is rolling out their dynamic pricing tools. Finally, <laughs> the biggest one on the planet, the latest to the party. But yeah, they're they are finally have now implemented dynamic pricing. So that um, that that portion of things is like yeah, you know, it, it it that that we the entire water sport industry needs to get together on that, and it, it's so it's so problematic and pervasive because. Because again, like as we talk about legacy operators who've been in business for 40 years, 35 years, who if it ain't broke, don't fix it and dynamic pricing and the internet's all going away and all this bullshit. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you you can't let that, it's a dog chasing its tail on that. Like, you know, the fact of the matter is, is the, 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 the customer profile has changed over the last 40 years and their habits have changed. And so, you know, the people that were going parasailing with you 35 years ago is probably now pap-pap, and they're not going parasailing anyway. And so, you know, you can speak to a new customer, and again, drill into that data 
Fair Harbor, Peak Pro. Most of our guys use Fair Harbor, I would say. Even WaveRes, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have really good reporting tools. And if you get with Greg over on WaveRes, if they don't have the tools for you to do it yourself, I'm sure they have a team member there that can help you figure out what what the hell's been going on last year, year before that, and then optimize for those pricing those pricing needs. Because while you might not be able to raise your prices across the board, there's definitely going to be times of year you definitely can still raise those prices. You just have to look at the data and figure out where that window of opportunity lies. Most bookmark that shit <laughs> right there. Bookmark that. Most. <laughs> Like most operators here in, in Northwest Florida, you know they have three seasons. They have spring, summer, fall, and then they, and then they have their blackout dates for uh, holidays. I was just recently looking at one of our WaveRes partners. Like I downloaded all their data and I was doing like a deep dive. And from middle of May to Labor Day, there is eight pricing tiers that should be implemented. Eight. And most of the time, most operators will only do one or maybe two in that time period. So, um, yeah, just and if if you're not, I wouldn't recommend just like flat raising your prices just for the hell of it, unless you have expenses, you know, to to back that up. But actually looking deeper in and and implementing, you know, dynamic pricing. If you don't have the automatic version of dynamic pricing, just go in there and just creating different pricing tiers for different uh, times of the year, that will make you more money. Um, yeah, if you look so at South Florida that, or some of the warmer places, like, man, you got Thanksgiving, you have Christmas, you have all sorts of fantastic windows and opportunities. Like, uh, we discovered a, a nice little hot day, and I ain't going to uh, – that one I'm not giving away because, you know, but we found a nice little hot day, bro, that's, like, sold out right now, you know, and I'm like, ding, I'm like, let's go. I, I had to go pull boats out of – <laughs> out of storage man and drop them back in the water because we're so goddamn busy you know so it yeah and i and i knew it i sort of knew it i looked at the data and i sort of knew it but and i was you know pretty pretty stoked with with with, uh, with the turnout but this is what happens when you look at your data so as a very long roundabout way of asking do combo tours work um it's like you need to look at your data and there's a lot of sophisticated reporting tools in most of them in major software. And uh, so usually I, I can't speak to Checkfront or Syngenuity or Anchor. I am almost positive. I know the major ones, Peak Pro and Fair Harbor, the two big dogs in the group. They have all those four, fair, uh, those reporting tools. I'm assuming that if you need reporting that you can't access yourself, there's somebody on Greg's team with WaveRes that can get it to you. I guarantee there's somebody at Checkfront. If you need to figure out where you can squeeze, it's in those reporting tools. And it's not something we talk about. We don't res tech it to death here at AWG. But those reporting tools will give you all the information you need. Acquisition windows, when people are booking. Like, yes, you know when your busiest time of year is. But as Greg mentioned earlier, how far out are they booking? So is there opportunities in the periphery and in, in the periphery? Is there opportunities there to figure out, okay, this is when we're going to raise them up. This is how much we can raise them up by. And we can know when to start making these offerings, not just on the dates, but at the time that we start putting out advertising or marketing materials 
and we want to use price point as a as a metric or as a starting point to advertise to your customer base, you know when you can do it because it's in those reporting tools. You yeah. have to look at your data. The worst it's thing so important. to a business owner, especially a tour operator, is leaving equipment at your dock when it should be going out. Yeah. And a lot of times it's because you know, you're pricing too much uh, during periods of time where you shouldn't be pricing. You're, you're, it's just there's not enough demand. And when there's when people are going to sites like TripShock or even some other boat aggregator sites, they're seeing that, you know, hey, this boat's 500 and this one's 250 and they look exactly the same. They're offering the same powered engine, good reviews. Like, what are they going to choose? So, um, you've got to be smarter than that. And in in Hell, like you're still going to do well. I mean, you know, it's funny, like four or five years ago in the Destin area, uh, a half day rental was like around $200. Now half day rentals, like they've gone up significantly, which they should have. They really needed to go up in price. But like when people think about charging that much now, they're like, oh, I'll never charge $200. I'm like, well, four or five years ago, you were charging $200 and you were happy to get it. Uh, but sometimes you just have to look at your data and make good decisions because you don't want equipment staying at your dock. You want it out in the water. You want to be making money. Even if it's not, you're not making as much, it's okay. You're going to make that up in the summer when you can demand a higher price point, but you want to get equipment out. Yeah. So, so uh, I, I just, I, I think also too that again, like I, I just want to blanketly say combos are, you know, not. You know, I, I want to return to that just a little bit and, and sort of walk that back. My statement. The thing is, too, is like if you want to see, like you can split test and you can A and B test. And if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to give you the master class on it. Feel free to go ahead and fucking Google up split testing or A B testing and see what works. You can devote a landing page. You can create a very small landing page and run traffic to it and see what the bounce rate is or see what the conversion rate is and sort of figure that out yourself and in, in your market and see what works. Mm. If you really want to know the answer to something besides, and this is what happens in water sports all the time. Hey, what do you do? What are you doing? Does that work for you? Like, well, all right, dude, but you got to kind of like do the work again, look at your reporting and then do something with it. Split test it, put something out there, put a little, uh, a little bait in the water, put a little chum in the water and see, and see if it works. And you can do that for a relatively low cost and, and see what, and see if there's interest and if there's interest and if there's conversions and it's happening and there's a lot of traffic running to that page, depending on how you're running, uh, how you're, how you're running, um, your funnel, then, then you'll know, you'll know what you should be charging in the off season. You'll know what you should be charging in the peak season. You know, when you should be ramping up prices, you'll know if combo trips will be working. Asking in the group is a great place, but the reality of it is, unless it's your first year, it's in the data. And if it's your first year, you should be split testing everything. You should be fucking, you should be, you should be like throwing every single worm in the water that you can you should be testing everything every single idea that you have you know not just asking questions talking to other business owners seeing what's happening in your hotels like getting out there beating the streets and leaving your office or your computer or whatever it is and looking and and seeing what's in the actual marketplace itself because it's not just related to water sports guys like this is to all businesses this is like everything man and any relationships that you can cultivate in the area and even talking to people at your local hotels that are not in our Facebook group or on Facebook or whatever and 
seeing what's out there, seeing what's biting, talking with people, giving them a card. Hey, if you guys need anything, here I am. I'm down the road. I do kayaks. I do fucking fishing charters. I do sunset tours, whatever. Let me know if you guys ever need anything. Hey, by the way, you know, you guys got a lot of people in your hotel right now. It's making small talk. It's like a very missed opportunity, I think, in 2023 that people aren't realizing. And if things do get hairy, if we do hit a recession, you are going to have to figure out some non-traditional ways of drumming up business for your products. Mm-hmm. And that involves yeah. going out and like literally fucking knocking on other business owners' doors, maybe going to your local chamber of commerce, networking events, like whatever it may be, wherever you can drum up inspiration, just not in our world. Like, you know, it means everything, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we probably took a little more longer on those topics, but I think they're important, important topics to talk about. Absolutely. Um, I think it's an entire episode. <laughs> perfect, perfect time. Um, yeah. So let's just jump into quiet quitting. Um, so, you know, Kevin texted me and he said, you know, we should really talk about this, this thing called quiet quitting. And, you know, in the beginning of the show, we kind of gave a short summary of it, but basically it's employees that are kind of just doing the minimum. Um, and they're kind of waiting for their next opportunity, but they're waiting on your, you know, on your dime basically. And we've experienced this at TripShock uh, actually recently, and we hired. And, and I'll I'll admit, like I'd say half of the issue was probably on us because you know the employee the employee's position wasn't well um, designed, and you know the employee it was just not able to adapt and you know, prosper in, in that role. So I would say, but you know, there is a responsibility of the employee to also, you know, reciprocate and, and try to figure it out. And that just wasn't happening. So that employee basically just did the absolute minimum for months. And, you know, there's some red flags along the way and, you know, we can talk about them. So that way you don't put it, but in the, at the end of the day, like it just was a waste, you know, three, four months, you know, paying somebody and your team spending time with that person only to, uh, only for them to leave. But, uh, Kevin, I mean, uh, you know, you set the topic, you know, what, what are some things that are on your mind? I'm sure you have a lot of quiet quitting going on <laughs> at, at your business because of the, the, the turnover on, on the, you know, the boating side. So, um, yeah, it's pretty difficult to quiet quit at Destiny Water Adventures because we will, I will publicly fucking fire your ass. Uh, I have no problem with that. I, I definitely like to keep people busy and working. And when I hear, oh, you know, things are done or everything's wrapped up, my brain starts going into like, all right, looks like I need to do something else if we want to keep you working. Um, because if everyone's done a great, fantastic job and we're running out of work because boats aren't going out because of dead, 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 then I need to start figuring out projects for them to do. So it, it's not it's not as pervasive in our industry because it is so blue collar. It's like you can't quietly not dig a ditch, you know? <laughs> I mean, like you're like, yeah, yeah man, yeah. the di- the ditch is dug, fucking, you know? The, it's like, well, okay, man, well, go home then. I'm gonna stop paying you. Um, but the reason I, I feel like it's kind of important because 
we do have these like sort of down times where, you know, boats have gone out. Everybody's sort of like, you know, there's a three hour period where there's nothing going on or we got one boat going there and everyone's just sort of like, you know, sitting at the thing, like doing the bare minimum. And, uh, and, and I've gone into groups and I've talked to other business owners and, and had conversations. And then you get the person who chirps up and is like, well, you know, for a hundred grand or, you know, and that there's, I read these articles that are out there. It's like why you shouldn't be loyal to your boss and, 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 and people making comments like, well, you know, I, I only get paid to this or, or TikToks where they, they turn the table and they go, well, what are you going to do? Uh, look, man, like I know there we're just like sort of getting into this worldview where, you know, you don't think you're fucking expendable, you know, like, I, and I see it all the time and it, it irritates me to fucking no end. Now, I've, I've worked oh, with I, guys I've, like I've, this. I've seen those TikTok videos where they put it back on the employer, like, you know, why, why should I do more than what I, I'm, I'm doing exactly what the job description says. Why should I do, uh, you know, a, a damn thing more? Right. It doesn't make any sense. And you know what? I, people that have the, that thought process, they will never get anywhere. They will never fucking get anywhere because I'll tell you, at my job, my first job, I read at a college, worked at a hotel. And yeah, I mean, I, I could have just done exactly what was on my job description, done it well, and then checked out exactly at five o'clock, got the hell out of there and been done. But I mean, I was quickly promoted. I was given uh, a lot of opportunity. I was given award, you know, at the banquet because I went above and beyond. I mean, and when I left that hotel to start Trip Shock, I got called to be a GM of another property, you know, so the opportunities are in your performance. If you're doing the absolute minimum, then what, what, why would your managers want you to be put into a, a, a better role or advance in that company? Why? Like what, what incentive does your manager have or your, your company have to promote you? If you're just absolutely, you're just doing exactly what you're, you're supposed to do, which is great, but not showing any empathy or, or encouragement, you know, if, if to stay a little bit later, if you have to, to help out a team member, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I, I don't agree with it whatsoever. Yeah. And, and unfortunately it's always like the loudest guy in the room gets the most eyes and attention on them. So this is something where there's, uh, you know, I, I don't know how pervasive it is. I don't know if like the majority of, I would say that the people that work for us and I definitely have a reputation for hiring team players and for go-getters and for see, having a good eye for company men. Now a couple of slip by um, and obviously they don't, they don't do as well as everybody else does around here. So in our organization, I would I would not say it's like very pervasive and other organizations I can't attest to how many people. Um I, I would say where I at the company that working at Sunset, I saw a little bit of that going on. Um obviously not to the level nobody I feel like obviously was to the level that I was where I cared about that company obviously to the point of me going and starting my own company. Like I just, I want, I, I always wanted to get more and more and more. And there was a part of me that wanted to even considered staying there for the long term. But I always knew that I would hit a ceiling no matter what. Like I would never be sitting in Rich's chair making the calls and that I just, 
I was like, no matter how hard I work, yeah. I, I'll never get to that point. And so I moved on and, and did my own thing. And, you know, I've always gotten a lot of help from them. And I think they paid that back. So I always say the same thing. So if somebody works for me and eventually wants to go off and do their own thing, it's like, hey, man, I completely got it. What can I do to help you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like to, to pay it back because it's like, yes, you have gone above and beyond. You have reached a ceiling there. You're not going to be able to sit in my chair uh, unless we start some business together, which I'm always like, yeah, let's fucking talk about that. You know what I mean? I'll partner up with you on something. But the, the my getting back to the original question, if it is very pervasive, it's definitely pervasive in the media, very pervasive in social media. There's a lot of articles written about it. And I can tell you that if there is a problem in this country uh, economically, that is it. That is 100% it. And it is being, it's becoming exponentially worse when the spotlights get shined on it. And then we normalize that, that normalize that the idea that productivity is a bad thing and that your boss doesn't give a shit about you and nobody cares about you and you should not be as productive because productivity is the engine that drives this country. Productivity is the engine that drives every single country, whether it be capitalism, socialism, however you want to cut that up, communism, time to make, you got to make the donuts and the donuts got to be made as a civilization. If like, if you're, if you're not familiar with them, Go read a couple books or articles written by or podcast interviews with Ray Dalio. He talks about it a ton. And without getting like wildly, like completely off a of base, right now, the national debt in this country is $30 trillion. And our interest payments on that are 1.5, which are about 5% of GDP. Now, if we continue on the track that we are, eventually the interest payments our gdp i'm sorry is 23 trillion dollars per year so eventually we're going that's going to get outpaced our debt will and our debt payments will out, outpace what we do and what we're doing in total revenue as a country will outpace that eventually our gdp our debt will be 150 trillion dollars and our payment will be 60 trillion dollars our gdp will be 58 trillion dollars and our economy will collapse the world economy will collapse now that's not that is math and it's an idea i've heard about for the last 25 years that i've always kept an eye on and the only answer to that is product productivity so quiet quitting doing the bare minimum expecting fucking something for nothing or expecting as much as you can possibly get as the little that you can possibly do is antithesis to our the 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 engine of the economy the engine of your company and the engine of your life man like if you are expecting the most you can for the little the smallest amount that you can do I'm sorry to go on such a rant with this, but it is seriously that important. It it truly is because when uh, you, you remember look at Kevin, it, you were in the, the f- Facebook group that Moda Collective, and you mentioned that, and you got some people started coming after you. Like you know, it, it's almost as if like what you were saying is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I I just yeah. here here's the thing. I have employees that been reservationists for years. And it's a lifestyle for them. You know, they don't, you know, they're, they're very happy with where they're at and they do a really good job. Um, so I, and I'm, I'm totally fine with that, you know, and the, every single one of them though is in the same mindset that they're team players, they'll step up 
I mean, they're hourly employees. So if they work more hours, they're going to get paid more, right? Um, but some of them even go above and beyond, which they are now in management positions. You cannot get to a management position unless you show promise. You show that you're stepping up, you're, you care a little bit more than the others, you're pro, uh, proficient, you're punctual, all the things that you need, you need to be. And like, if, if the, if we're telling people, you know, through social media that your, your companies are going to have to really step it up, you know, to get you to want to do more, that's, that's no, no. Like companies are re- partly responsible in motivating and training and things like that, but the person has to want it. It, it just yeah. blows my, it absolutely blows my mind because I, I don't think anyone was raised that way. You know, I mean, my dad always worked really hard and taught, you know, values that if you, if you excel in something, then you'll be rewarded. And if you're not, then you can switch companies to a, to those. Cause there are companies that, yeah, like you do go, go, go above and beyond and nothing ever happens. And if that's the case, it's not, it's not the, you know, the system's fault. It's the company and the manager's fault for not recognizing. And that's when you leave. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why I left the hotel I was at because I was going above and beyond and I was not getting recognized for it. And you only can go so long doing so before you have to make a move. Cause it's not like I can go to the CEO of the management company and start ratting out, you know, the, the managers and district managers. That just doesn't work. That makes you look even worse. But anyways, going back, going back to quiet quitting, um, it's just, these are things that you're going to have to start looking out for, especially, you know, in, in this current economy uh, that people are going to ride, you know, your payroll and you just, you can't afford to have somebody on your team that is not a team player. That's not responsive. And I'll tell you that there's a few easy signs to know when, when you have quiet quitting. Now, Kevin, you're, you see people every day. I don't because everyone works remote, but I mean, when they're not, showing up, answering, uh, like we use Skype, you know, for our internal communication. If I have an employee that doesn't respond to a Skype conversation or takes hours to respond, that's a red flag. Like what the hell are they doing during business hours that they can't respond in two to three hours when they know that that's the, the situation or they're, we're habitually late on deadlines for things. Uh, the quality of their, their work is not, here's a really good one. When uh, we had one employee, we were kind of switching around the job description because we weren't getting the value out of that employee uh, or the productivity out of that employee with the job description we created. So we revised the job description and that employee who is already kind of underperforming said, well, I want more money. I want more money because this is a different job description. And, you know, if the employee was <laughs> overperforming, then that's a good conversation to have. But the employee already has been cited for non-responsiveness on, you know, and things. And now they're asking for more money like that. It's, it, that's definitely a red flag. Uh, so when they're, when they're underperforming, you know that they know that and they want more money. So, you know, those are just a few things that just really, you know, catch me. Here's the four words that you can catch somebody like that i've i'm already replacing them i'm i'm replacing them when i hear that they've said it it's not my job oh yeah and i and i've heard that before two people like well i didn't hire them for that 
Oh, you know what I mean, dude? There's like lots of jobs. Like, man, at, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I God, man, like I, this is something I see from a mile away with people. You know what I mean? Well, you know, and I, I, I could go and do that for another company and get, you know, X amount of dollars. Like, hey, cool, man, fantastic. Because I can replace you doing the regular job that you're doing for the exact same amount of fucking money. And eventually I will find somebody that's not going to say bullshit like that. That's going to go dig that ditch for the exact same amount of money that they made pushing out a boat or a jet ski in the days that they made a couple hundred bucks. Like, look, man, when I was a parasail captain, there was days I made a thousand dollars. And because of that, I felt that to go in and fucking scrape the bottom of a boat or, or buff the boat or do yard work. And it was $60 a day. It came out in the wash, man. I didn't necessarily deserve that thousand dollars. Like, like we never talked about me making a thousand dollars driving a parasail boat. Same thing on the docks. We never discussed that I would come in and put $500 in the tip jar when you guys had a bad day. That was never a part of your, your fucking pay package. We didn't discuss that. We never discussed that I was going to have a big party at a cabin or at Universal. We never discussed that. I, it was never a part. It was, it was, we didn't, it just happened. Oh, guess what, guys? I'm shutting the day down. I'm doing employee appreciation for you. You know, it was never discussed that, hey, when you called me up and said, how much did I need a boat? How much did I need? How much for a jet ski? And I said, nothing. Go enjoy the day. I'll block it off the books. So, yeah, there is a lot of things that we do on a handshake around here sometimes, one of which is doing shitty jobs sometimes for a little bit less than you'd make if you did it for a living. And I do that all the time to keep people working. So it's like when you go above and beyond, when you do things that are asked of you that might not be a part of your job description with a smile on your face, unless you are working for a horrible company who's not going to give it back, who's not going to pay it forward, however you want to look at that, then yeah, that's, that is an untilted bad relationship. You know, mm -hmm. if it's just a take, take, take a hundred percent, but if you go into the, if you go into it with just a transaction in mind every single time, well, I didn't get paid for this, or I'm not getting paid enough for this, or I'm, you know, this isn't a part of my job description, or it's or not my me, job. If you, want, if you want me to do this, then pay me extra for this. Yeah, I'll tell you, when you said that, it's not my, oh, I, I hate it. I hate that when people say it. it, it so a, a better response would be, I'll, I'm happy to do that. But I don't know how. Can some? Can you show me how to do it? <laughs> That's right. Because here's the thing: like I, like all my employees, the expectations is you have you work forty hours a week. In the summer, you might work a little bit more, but especially forty hours. Whatever you do in those 40 hours, it it could be some weird shit that you might have to do. Stuff that's not in your job description, right? But we all have to recognize that there are times in our jobs that we're going to do really odd, you know, tasks. And, you know, sometimes it's good. Like, actually, if you are an optimistic person, you should be like, wow, okay, th this is something that I've never done before. Maybe it's good that I know this, you know, it's good that I know th this new skill or there's something new in the company. And I'll tell you the people in, in at trip shock that are in management or VP or, or C level roles have stepped up and I when I've asked them to do things and they have learned new skill sets 
and they do not argue about it. They just do it. And they're making a hell of a lot more money. Now they got, you know, much better professionally in their, in their careers, you know, but again, like this bullshit about just doing the minimum and then getting paid a lot and bowing down to, to people like we got to stop that. Like that is just outrageous. And those people, they're just never going to go anywhere. They're just going to and, and, and continue look, working hourly jobs their entire lives because no, no company will ever respect that attitude. And, and, and to your point, man, that was a great one. Which is like, yeah, man, so I don't know how to do this. Can you help me do this or teach me how to do this? I don't want to fuck it up or whatever. Or let's just say that they don't have the ability and they go in there and they break it and they waste a bunch of fucking money and, and you know, and, but they're a little bit better at it than they did. They and that's were our fault. That's our fault. If we tell but someone it's, to do it's a also job. O- but it's also okay though because yeah. it's like, okay, are they a little bit better at it? You know, let's say, let's say you don't have the time or you don't have the resource or you don't have the energy or whatever it may be. And you're like, do the best you can. All right. Well, it's, it's literally entrepreneurship 101, man, yeah. where it's like, how many times did you not know how to do something and you broke it and then you broke it a second time and then you made it where it works, but it's not very good. And then the fourth time you made it, you're like, oh, this works okay. And five times now you're fucking like it did a good job. And by the 10th time, you're a master of that shit. And as entrepreneurs, we have got to let those employees go out and break stuff a few times and let them know how to do things. I can tell you, man, that, that Donnie Kirkpatrick, who came on this show, is one of the most well-rounded business owners and entrepreneurs that I know, simply because when he got started, he did not have the infrastructure. That he was the he was Rich's right hand man, and he did have to go out there, and he had did have to go and do it himself a hundred fucking times till he became really good at it. And that that's like literally he could go on a parasail boat. He could go on these catamarans with these big generators. He can go into talk to this the the concierges and the sales side of it. He can go into the office side of it because he quite literally had to do all of those things and sort of make it up as he goes because he didn't have the infrastructure. These were new things that he had to task himself. And so now he went from being a fucking you know what I mean? Just a regular yeah. ass dock hand parasail mate bitch boy to running and owning multi-million dollar operations simply because he knows how to do it. He was given he was given the opportunity to learn and figure it out and do it on his own. And at any point in his career, after a certain point, he could have went next door and said, Hey, I want this. Give me that because I know how to do all this stuff. Same thing, right? So if I'm giving you the opportunity to learn something, or even if I don't know how to do it, I'm like, hey, YouTube that shit. You know what I mean? Figure it out. At the end of the day, if I'm not taking care of you, because instead of saying this isn't my job, or I don't know how, or I'm not going to do that, or I don't get paid to do this, well, now you know how to do it. Now it's a skill set. And if I'm not taking care of you, guess what? Somebody else is going to happily. Yeah, that's right. So well, fucking, note, you don't want to, don't, don't be a bitch. No, on that <laughs> note, on that note, don't quiet quit. Just fucking sack up and leave. If you're unhappy with the way things are at your organization, if it's, if you're not getting paid to fucking do that, get the fuck out. Just quit. Go find something else, man. I'm sure you'll do great fucking at the drive through at McDonald's. It'd be awesome. Yeah. And that's like the perfect <laughs> job. If you're just wanting to work at the minimum. <clears throat> 
It's perfect. Yeah, there job. you go, man. Yeah. Hey, yeah, they're good. You're gonna get 15 <laughs> bucks an hour. You get, you get be insurance. Great. You get all the all. Oh, it's perfect yeah, job for it'll those. It'll be people. wonderful. Yeah. You want fries with that? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're at time. Probably went a little over, but I think it was a great conversation. And as always, uh, make sure you check out our Facebook group, Water Sport Tours and Activity Entrepreneurs. And uh, yes, uh, make leave a review for us. We haven't said to do that in a while. Leave a review. And uh, yeah. All right. Great. Well, as always, uh, keep, thanks for keep listening. it awkward. Keep it awkward. Ugh. All right. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you have further thoughts, questions, or comments about this episode, head to our Facebook group, Water Sport and Boat Tour Operators, to continue the conversation. See you next time.